Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm going to apologize now because I have little to no voice from yelling at the Flyers Penn Stadium Series game last night at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, it was a long day yesterday. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that was a great win. And uh, probably by the time we post this podcast, Bryce Harper is going to be a Philly. So it's a great time for Philly sports right now. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. The uh, Yeah, the game last night was a lot of fun. Um, I never did an outdoor game before. The um, We had great seats. We were like third row. The, the seats actually like suck because we were too close to the ice, but not close enough to the ice, if that makes sense, because we were on a football field. Um, so we actually ended up moving back to like the flight deck. So we were like up like 30 rows. So we had like a, a right. higher vantage point and it actually worked better. And it was kind of cool because Kimo Timonen and Scott Hartnell were a row in front of us. So we talked to them and they were pretty cool guys. They were just hanging out in the just sitting in with the fans, which was pretty awesome. Hockey players are pretty cool like that. <laughs> no, but we did, did see that. I mean, my gosh, Boban is enormous. Like, he literally is like, he made Jimmy Rollins look like a little child. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome how much he's integrated himself into the city. And he knows he's like a really smart dude. That's something that I think people don't realize. Like, he, they interviewed him and he was talking about the Flyers and the Phillies and the Eagles and how much he loves the city. I really think that there'll be a good shot that, uh, you know, he'll be with him next. They'll be with him next year. But that's, yeah, you yeah. know, nor, yeah, he, nor here nor there. It's cool that, another that those two guys are, yeah. are new to the city and they jumped right in and they uh, and, and they jumped in on this. And it was kind of a cool thing. And it, it let them experience a little bit of, of how the city really treats all their sports teams. But it was a really cool event. Um, I definitely recommend it to anyone. If, you, if you've never, if you like hockey, if you like hockey even a little bit, um, to try and get to one of those outdoor games just because it's such a different feel. Um, it, it's, it's really cool, though. But Yeah, I was at, I was at the one a couple of years ago at Citizens Bank Park where they got their <laughs> ass kicked by the Rangers, and I froze my ass off. So that's why I was like, forget this one. But it's funny, my sister left four minutes uh, or like five minutes left in the game when they were down by two, <laughs> and she was on the subway. I'm texting her. I'm like, yeah, it was chaos getting out of there, though. Like, <laughs> nothing I've ever seen. Um, it, it was, like, really chaotic. But anyway, um, yeah. let's uh, let's get going on the, awesome. uh, the Sixers. They played on Thursday, and they played yesterday. Uh, I actually watched the game outside Xfinity Live because uh, we were down there tailgating for the uh, the Flyers game. So we watched it on the big screen outside. So it was a little different. But um, the Thursday, they, they barely beat the Heat 106 to 102. Not a very good game. Um, Harris had 23 points, 11 rebounds. Butler had 18 points, six rebounds, six assists. Reddick was with 13 points, but four of 12 shooting. Um, Simmons, 21 points, seven rebounds, four assists. And Boban with 19 points and 12 rebounds. I think Boban had what, like 11 points and like six rebounds in the first quarter or something like that? Yeah, Boban Boban was pretty good um in, in the in the minutes that he played. I think for twenty seven minutes you got more than you probably would have bargained for for Boban. I love the uh I think it was in the first quarter, the little floater like at the key. You know, he just floats it up and it goes right in. And he and I think that at that point he was five for five from the field. The only thing that I've noticed from Boban is we know that obviously he doesn't have much hops. I mean, obviously he's big in rebounds, but he's really got to bring when he gets the ball in the post, he can't keep the ball low because it, that's when people tend to try to strip him or turn it over. If he gets that ball high up, 
it's going to be really hard for him not to yeah, and, a, and that's, score that's, a basket or B draw a foul. So, um, that's that's Boban, big man 101. That, really don't helpful. bring the ball I mean, down. Especially when you're the biggest guy on the court. Don't bring the ball down. Right. Um, I will say, though, for a guy as big as he is, but, and he has yeah. like enormous hands, he has really good touch on his free throws. And that's kind of weird. like Because it's like we're, we think of like shooting a basketball, but like for these guys, it's like shooting a softball. And if you think about it, it's really hard to have touch on a ball that's the size of your hands, not not bigger than it. But uh, yeah, he had a really good win against uh, a good game against the Heat. the The, the game was disappointing, though. Um, I was frustrated watching it that whole time. I mean, they came out, they won it at the end, they were able to pull it off. But there's no way that Heat team should should keep up with the, that these guys. I was waiting. Yeah, I agree with you. I was waiting in the fourth quarter for somebody to, you know, I, I understand Dwayne Wade's retiring at the end of the year, and, you know, everybody, you know, is enamored by him. But come on, dude, play some freaking defense. There was about four or five times where they didn't even guard him. I'm like, what are they – are they trying to make him win in his last his last game at the Wells Fargo Center? It was just zero defense. And, and like, you know, just to even dive in more in the box score, they really did not get much from the bench. Um, except for TJ McConnell, you know, he, he only played 11 minutes, but there was that one stretch. He was a plus minus of eight. But if you look at it, uh, Jonah Bolden, 15 minutes, you know, minus 11, zero points. Jonathan Simmons, again, 18 minutes, three points, but a mi- plus minus of a minus nine. You know, Ennis, eight minutes, zero points, plus five. Mike Scott, 17 minutes, one of five from the field, three points, plus minus of minus 10. I mean, it just wasn't a good game. Like you said, Ben Simmons, he was 9-19 from the floor. Um, you know, a minus three. He did have 21 points. There was a one stretch where Ben kind of did take over the game in the fourth quarter. I think he had four straight baskets when he just decided to – I think Jimmy Butler was running the point, and he did a good job in the clutch. Um, and Ben just kind of put his body down low. And, you know, when he when he wants to play that four, there's not many people that, that can line up with him as a four. Um, in the league and could stop him in the post. So that was effective. And um, the difference in the game was, though, the, the free throws by Marjanovic and Butler. I mean, Butler was 8 of 8 from the line, and he had some crucial threes going down. But they did not look good. I mean, they, they basically almost gave the Heat a chance to tie the game if Tobias Harris doesn't make another free throw. Yeah. So I, yeah, it I was thought, not a good uh, performance you, you at all. Um, it, it was weird. He only all. played three minutes in the first quarter, and uh, I really think he won them that game. Because he brought a different type of energy. And look, we, we at the beginning of this podcast earlier in, in the year, we would rag on McConnell. But that was and we kept saying, it's not that we don't like McConnell. We don't like him playing 28 minutes. And you see when he plays 10 or 12 minutes, 14 minutes, right. the dude is like the energizer bunny and he gets the team going. Uh, I don't know why he only played three minutes in the first quarter and then didn't play the second quarter. But in that second half, he he calmed the tides and he kind of turned the, like the currents and, and he was able to make a couple big plays, a couple steals. Um, I I thought he, I thought he was excellent. And like, that's, and when he plays like that, he's the perfect backup point guard when he can do something like that. Um, Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you look at um, just to dive into more, they were seven of 26 from three point range. 26.9%. 26.9%. They had 15 turnovers. They didn't take care of the ball. And Marjanovic had five of those turnovers. Jimmy Butler, three. And Simmons only had two. But 15 turnovers as a team, you know, we want to keep that 
you know, and I think that's kind of why the Heat stayed in the game because they only had nine turnovers, but they also shot awful. They were six to 22 from three point range. I mean, and the difference in the game was the, uh, the foul line, the Sixers got to the foul line 35 times. They made 25 of them. The Heat got to the foul line as a team 12 and made six of them. So that was the difference in the game right there. Matt is, um, the ability for the Sixers to get to the three-third line and the Heat, uh, you know, only had 12 and they shot 50% and the Sixers shot 71.4%, 25 and 35, which isn't even that good. If you think about it, they make more free throws. They win this game by double digits. And like you said, just not a good performance for a team coming off the all-star break where we hope that they're going to get on a run and really gel together. And I'm still seeing, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I see some, I see some bright spots and, uh, but you don't. You, there's not many games also where JJ Reddy goes three ten for three point range. So that You're was right. a little bit. He ain't going to shoot thirty percent in those that games. That segues so. into the Portland you, Trailblazers you, you game, you know, where they they got smoked one hundred and thirty to one fifteen. Yes. For the second time this season, they got smoked by the Trailblazers, and for the second time, they didn't have Embiid. We'll get to that later. Um, Harris had twenty points and eight rebounds. Um, Butler fifteen points, two rebounds, two assists. Reddick seven points, but he was one of ten shooting. One of five from three. Uh, ben Simmons put up 29 points, seven rebounds, and 10 assists. And Mike Scott had 15 points off the bench. Uh, so I think Simmons and Mike Scott were probably the two positives in the game. Harris was okay. Um, Reddick was bad. Uh, Boban didn't do much. And um, Butler just, I don't know. 15 points, two rebounds, and two assists from Butler in a game like this is unacceptable. Yeah, he only he only took nine shots. And, you know, I mean, Tobias Harris had 20 points, but he was a plus – he was a minus 23. Ben Simmons, 29 points. He was a minus 20. J.J. Reddick, a minus 13. Jimmy Butler, a minus 13. I mean, you're not going to win many games. I mean, Amir Johnson, he played four minutes, and he gave you a minus 10. I mean, he's kind of at this point – you know, no offense to Amir Johnson. He's, you know, he's a good veteran on the team, but he's not doing much for us. So if he's going to be a minus 10 in four minutes, I'd love exactly. to get your thoughts. 100%. Yeah, let's bring up Justin Patton. All right. All right. I, I want to see. I, I'm, I'm really – this this bench right now, the way it's constructed, um, without, well, I'll tell you right now, which we already know, which doesn't surprise me, but without Embiid, this team's not going anywhere. And Embiid needs to come back, which I know, you know, we'll probably get to later on after we recap this game. But this is a totally different team. And a game like this against Portland where you see uh, Nurkic and then he wants to talk a bunch of shit after the game, this is a team where you need Embiid. If you don't have a athletic five, you are not beating Portland and you're not beating majority of teams out west. Well, yeah, and you're they, not beating the got, top um, echelon teams in the east. They got 40 so. points from Nurkic and Cantor combined. Uh, and and that I mean that that was a difference in the game right. was they got forty points from their centers and we got uh, thirteen points from our centers that that's the game there, but but the and going back to listen yeah, if you do a bad job yeah. against Lillard and McCollum but you know, going back to even putting the two yep. games together um, and like the Heat game you have the three best players on the court with Harris Butler and Simmons. There's no way you can only win by four points against the Heat. Just like, just like, there's no excuse. I like, I, yep. I, I don't care about Butler scoring 18 points or 15 points, 
But there's no way he can have two rebounds and two assists. Like, at least against the Heat, he had six rebounds, six assists. He's got to do the other things if he's not putting up a ton of shots. And uh, and I'm fine with him not putting up a ton of shots. But it, it's impossible for him to get two rebounds and two assists and for the team to win the game. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm Yeah. I'm going to say it again, and I've said it numerous times, and this isn't a um, – I'm not, I'm not trying to hang um, Brett Brown out to dry, but I'm going to say that there is still no flow to this offense. There's too many times, Matt, where I just see – I don't want to say schoolyard ball, but they come down the court and it's it, – there's no rhythm to them. There's no, they're still not setting a lot of pick and rolls. The only time they do it is – Marjanovic and he, he, you know, they the high low. That's it. That's all I've seen. I still don't see a lot of isolations. I don't see a lot of pick and rolls. I mean, there's so many mis- mismatches that you could have. You know, you, it's just it's ridiculous. It, it, it's really ridiculous that 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 they're minus Joel Embiid. This offense should still have flow. Look, you still have Redick, you still have Harris, you still have um, uh, Butler. And you still have Simmons. There's no reason why, um, you know, e- even if they had to turn it around and play Simmons at the five a little bit yesterday. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't work. And J.J. Redick, I hate to say it, but when he plays against a guard like Lillard or McCollum, this is the games where you see, like, the, this is why J.J. Redick, I'm not saying is not an elite player, but he can't play defense, and we talked about it. And if he's not going to play defense – and he was one of ten from the field, and he was one of five from oh, if, three point if he's, if he's, he's not giving, you if much, he's not scoring, you know, and he's that, not, that's he's a not helping. Like, they, but and that's it, a, it's it's a little worrisome when he plays right. really athletic guards like Portland, and when in Boston, not only can he not guard, guard them, <laughs> but they give him fits offensively, um, and 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 that's a problem if he's yep. not if he's not scoring because you can live with his his average to below average defense if he's scoring and if offensively he's adjusting the game but there's and and i I know you you don't like the the free-flowing offense but i think a lot of that it comes down to butler and harris have to take over at certain points of games and and i see simmons do it without Embiid out there simmons is more he's less of a facilitator more of a he he's looking to score more which he should do when Embiid's not out there but we need more of that from Butler and Harris, especially when Simmons isn't out there or when Embiid's not out there when he's healthy. Harris and Butler have to take over games. And I don't care what kind of offense you're running. At a certain point, they can isolate themselves on the side of the court if they want to. They have to find mismatches and they have to take advantage. They're both playing really passive. And and, and especially and especially Butler. And guess you're what? You're right. And if you know Butler's what? passive. He's not a top 40 player in the NBA because putting up 15 points, two rebounds and two assists on five and nine shooting is not a guy that's looking for a five year, $190 million max. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I'm glad that you said like exploiting mismatches because that's what Portland did. They found even Harkless, Mo Harkless, right? Remember him, Sixers draft pick, what, you know, whatever journeyman in the league, but they found him. And whoever was guarding him couldn't stop him. They knew that Nurkic was a mismatch for Marjanovic. They knew that bringing in Amir Johnson was a mismatch. Didn't stop him. Jonah Bolden 
was probably the only bright spot. Big man, you know, he played 11 minutes, three or four from the field. He was a plus four, but you cannot give meaningful minutes to Amir Johnson. And look, I think it's great that he went down to the blue coach and he wants to get himself in shape. But look, Amir Johnson doesn't have it in his game. I mean, I only want to use Amir Johnson. He should Johnson just go out. He should in just go out there purposes. Foul, I'm sorry, I just don't um, think if that you need him to. You, he's just six fouls that you can give up. Like that's all he is. Um, but uh... yeah, Butler trying to fit in. You're right, and that's not a max player, and that's not somebody that. This is not the guy that. Um, you know, you expect it. The guy that I expected was the guy I saw in the Brooklyn and Charlotte right. game, where and, in crunch time it. And, he took over because so I think that's I think Harris uh, that's can be a little more passive it, because it, he's a better three point shooter. He can he can kind of be that guy that just is going to get oh, open great. looks and when he needs to take over he does. And look, I've been really happy with Harris. Harris going eight of 14, three of seven in the game. I'm good with that. Um, eight rebounds, twenty points. Right. That's good. But Butler, he uh, and I don't know what it is, but he does. He doesn't. It's. I don't want to say he looks disinterested because he he doesn't look disinterested because he's he's playing hard defensively. But I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how this is going to work long term. To be quite honest with you, I'm getting more and more worried that um, that Butler is the odd man out of uh, this coming summer. And I mean, I, we'll we'll look at that further down the road as we get a little more time. I want them to play more together before we make any uh, going more in depth on it. But. It, it might serve them better to use that money to get two or three guys and work on depth and as opposed to using – because him putting up, like I said, 15 points, two rebounds, two assists, it's not worth max money. You can get that – you can get that from a guy making 10 or $12 million. It's not. Um, it's not. And – but and so but yeah. let's give it a little more time. Um, that Coming up, they have – they're at the Pelicans tomorrow. Um yeah, I don't know. The Pelicans look good without Anthony Davis. Honestly, they p- play better without him because uh, it looks like they're actually playing for each other. But again, y- you have three of the four best players out in the court if Anthony Davis isn't out there. They have Drew Holiday, but you have Simmons, Butler, and Harris. There should be no excuse not to win that game. Uh, I'm a little worried about who's going to bang with Randall um, and uh, even Okafor when he comes off the bench. But th- again, that's they need to. If Okafor's out there, we know he can't play defense, so they need to go at him and make them pay for when he's out on the floor. Um, and then Thursday, they're at OKC. It's another team they don't match up well with. Um, and <laughs> if Embiid's not back Thursday, I don't see how they win. I'm not sure how they win that game at OKC without Embiid. And then Saturday, they're home against Golden State. So it, this is not an easy week. Um, they have uh, – I don't think that the Pelicans aren't a, a guarantee – and with, if they don't have Embiid, even with Embiid, they can't beat OKC. Um, and then Saturday at Golden State, I, 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 they could easily go one and two this week. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Golden State's going to take them lightly after after we beat them pretty handily um, at their home. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, and Okafor, as much as we want to rag on him and he doesn't play defense, He's another guy because he's he does have some post moves. He can give Marjanovic some problems, and if they use Amir Johnson again, that's gonna that's gonna be a problem um, again. And if they don't have if they don't have Embiid against OKC, they're gonna have a major problem. I'm gonna tell you that right now because we don't have anybody that for Stephen Adams, and you know OKC, you know um, I yeah. think they beat well they did beat us, and we had we had everybody. 
Uh, but it's Tobias Harris, right? Harris wasn't there, right, when we had last time we lost. So it'll be interesting to see how this team fits. Um, Saturday, home at Golden State. Remember, DeMarcus Cousins now does not have a minutes restriction, so he will be able to play. And he seems to always give JoJo a good game. And let's hope Joe Embiid's back. And you're right. They're they're looking for revenge. They're going to look to come out and make a statement, especially after we beat them in Oracle uh, pretty handedly. I mean, obviously, they didn't have Clay Thompson. But, you know, we, we beat them. And that was a national TV game. And um, I'm sure they're going to come in with revenge on their minds. And the Sixers have a real tough stretch. I mean, let's hope they're not. If they even beat back, I think they go two and one. I think they would split with either OKC or Golden State. That's assuming they win Monday. But nothing is a given, especially after what we've seen from them the last two games. Um, Butler's got to be more aggressive. It, you know, he he he's supposed to be a a superstar. Um, I think he can be, and I think that Butler needs to take more shots and stop being so passive. Right. I mean, you could take over games. Do it. Um. You you know. Get to the foul line like Embiid does. Get to the foul line a lot. Um, you know, take a couple shots. Go drive to the basket. But he's got to do more. He's got if he's if he's going to play that point position and he doesn't want to put up points, then give me eight or uh, ten yeah, assists, I, seven I or ten assists. Do something. Um, but 15, fifteen points and two rebounds for Jimmy Butler not gonna not gonna. Uh, That's, yeah, I agree. Not gonna not All gonna right. hold. We'll solve. be back after this so. break and we'll we'll dive into the Embiid injury. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, so we're in the middle of the Embiid sitting for a week with knee soreness. Um, three questions for you. One, do you think this is more of a load management thing? Yes, I, I think I do. I don't think there's really a problem with him, but I'm I'm going to say this. Brett Brown said that this is something that's been going on. So two questions. Why did you play him? in the Knicks game, when you probably could have sat him out that game, and why did he play in the All-Star game? If this is a true injury. And that that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, go to the All-Star game, hang out. If you're a starter, I right, go in for five minutes and don't play the rest of the game. Like, you want to go on for a couple minutes in the beginning because, you know, there's no defense. But there was if he's yeah, truly I, hurt, I then he shouldn't have played um, in the All-Star game. I think this game. is kind of more of a load management thing. Um, they don't want to say that because – I think there's been like a negative uh, persona around him with that. They kept saying that he was on a minutes restriction even last year when he wasn't. And I don't think they just, I don't think they want to come out and say that it's, they're just trying to, to watch the wear and tear on him, which look, it's, it's paramount. Um, the, I know these games are important for positioning in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, the playoffs are what's important. Um, I, and I, I agree with you. If, if he could have sat last Wednesday, he could have sat, against the Heat, and he could have played yesterday and if he would have skipped that All-Star game, he would have had 10 days off. Um, but I will say that I don't think there was any chance he was going to skip the All-Star game unless he had a major injury. And that's kind of – that's also going back to him missing two and a half years um, with the foot injuries and then with the, the meniscus tear. It's important for him to be at at All-Star games because f- he has this uh, – this people – think that he's injury prone i think he has i think he it's a touchy subject for him um and and i think there was i don't think there was any way they could tell him not to play and they may have told him not to play in the all-star game and he's going to do his own thing um i think we've learned that before um but 
that's possible. I agree. I mean, I will say this. I did see not like he wasn't running full speed up and down the court in the All-Star game. I thought it was just the All-Star game, but maybe his knee was – maybe his knee is bothering. I just don't think it's something I, – I mean, if it is, it's something minor. I don't think it's a lingering issue. I don't think it's something that we need to go long-term. But I will say this. We've been down the road before with the Sixers medical staff is – um, they're not always the most trustworthy people. So it'll be interesting. Like, you know, if he doesn't play against OKC or Golden State, Matt, then I'm going to start to worry. Then I'm going to say it's not load management. If he's back Thursday, then I'll say, all right, they wanted to give him a week off. Um, I'm just not so sure that this was the best time to give it to him. Um, I think there could have been another time in the schedule, especially when you're fighting with Boston. You know, everybody just assumes that Indiana is going to give up that three seed. But you know what? Indiana has been playing well. And, that's going to be a nightmare for us if we're four. Or yeah, five I don't. I don't think that, that there's. Right I think um, that's kind of that's the problem gonna, is that, that if you want to give him a week off, you have to try and pick where you can win two of three games without him, and that that's kind of why they pick what they pick because coming right. up in the schedule, I don't know if there's a stretch where you can get him a week off where you can win two of three games without him. Um, it, so it, it's a little bit of kind of uh, like pick your poison kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I guess maybe they're thinking they could get two out of three. Maybe they thought Portland, right? I mean, obviously, you think they should, they did beat Miami, exactly. And maybe they feel and, and like they I, can I, beat I New Orleans without Anthony they're, Davis. I'm looking but at the schedule, Jimmy Butler said stretch it. at the end of the, I think you're going to see him probably sit out a game here, game there. And I think the last that could be that if everything's gelling well, I could see him missing two of the last three games. Um, just try and get him rested up for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough because they look so bad without him. You, I, I know we need to give him rest, but, I mean, the team just does not look good without him, and, and that's it's a problem. Um, they don't have the depth behind him. Um, Boban's a nice player, but Boban's a backup. That's what he is. When he's got to start, it's a problem. Um, Bolden has – I think Bolden has no confidence left. Um, and it's a shame because he was playing well before we made that trade with the Clippers. It looked like he had turned the corner. Like we said, Amir Johnson just—he—he's just not contributing right now. Uh, I really—I I agree with you. I think that they should bring Patton up and see what he can do. I mean, the kid's athletic; he can shoot. He looks like he's—he can uh, cause problems on the defensive end. Um, <clears throat> so, what does it hurt to see if he can give you 16, 18 minutes on a game that Embiid's not playing? But this would have been the week to do it when he wasn't playing because if Embiid's playing, he's not going to get any playing time because Embiid and, and Boban are going to take up all the minutes. I, I guess one of the other things that I'm thinking about when you think about Embiid and, and you make a great point, right? Like Ken, this, this team is totally different without him, but that's where I feel like you knew he wasn't going to be available. So why there's got to be opportunities to change this offense. You know, you can't just depend on one guy. You know what I mean? Like that's what makes Brad Stevens such a good coach, right? Because no matter who he has, he, he exploits matchups or he, you know, he has plays in order. I, I think that, you know, Brown has to almost like look and be doubt. Y'all need to step up. You know what I mean? Like Butler, you got to take more than nine shots. You're not a facilitator. Like somebody's got to take the lead role. And I, I get it. Simmons, but Simmons is still like we're still, you know, he's still in the development of a jump but, shot, but even right? Then, so he's not like, a consistent like the last couple threat of games, there. It seems I mean, like Simmons is, hasn't been as is, much of a facilitator, even though he right. did have ten assists on Thursday. But he's gotten right. a little more of the focus of the offense. 
And that's fine if Butler's going to be the facilitator. But when you only have two assists, you're not facilitating well. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and like you said, Harris, 20 points is good. But with Embiid out, I guess my expectation is like two of these guys goes for 25 or 30 to replace him. You know what I mean? Like I, Butler could go for 25 if Simmons goes for 29. And you yeah, still and get Reddick, like 20 or 18 from Harris. That's fine. But I feel too. like I mean, one guy's got okay. it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's another thing. I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's hard because the team – and beats so good, and I think that's what you're starting to see. I mean, me and you have known this for years. We've talked about it back from his Kansas days. Like, look, we said this kid, as long as he can stay healthy, he, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a stud. Um, there's not many players in the NBA that can, at this point, I'm comfortable saying, that can really stop and beat. So when you take a guy out like that who is your catalyst – this is what you're going to have. But I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, somebody needs to step up. And, you know, let's let's hope that, you know, we see a different team against New Orleans and OKC. But my real goal is that he's back. He's back for the OKC game. And, and yeah, this I mean, is something yeah, that's that just it, is moving that forward, we're not going to have to worry about. It's unacceptable that with the, the team that they have now, if Justin Beat's not playing, that they should struggle with the Heat, lose, get smoked by Portland. Uh, it it, it's unacceptable, but again, th- that's something that they need to figure out this summer, um, because it's not going to get figured out in the next couple weeks. And y- if you don't have him for the playoffs, it doesn't matter anyway. If Embiid can't play in the playoffs, you're not going anywhere. Um, he he is the he's the best player on the team. He's a, a top six or seven guy in the NBA, especially when you take into account how how good he is defensively. Um, and uh, so I'm it's it's but it's something they need to figure out. Um, these guys are they're like we had talked about they're being too passive uh, they need to take over games these guys ha- can be and they don't always have to be the 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 preliminary offensive guy but at times in the game they need to take over because they have that talent and that's what the nba is these days like if clay thompson's hot they keep feeding the ball to clay thompson and, and golden state if durant's hot they feed the ball to durant if curry's on fire he keeps shooting you know what i mean if they're going to pound the ball into Cousins, they'll keep pounding the ball into Cousins, um, and that it, it has to be the same thing. You got to ride these guys when they're hot, and then move on to the next guy, and then f- focus, find the defensive weakness, and stay at it. Um, and it, it, like I said, we had talked about it before. It all ties together. Is of of all these guys, Butler seems like the odd man out. I. Yeah, I'm not ready to say that yet, but I understand what you're saying. The only thing I will say about Butler is that the persona, the persona that I see on social media, I that I talk to people that are six, oh, this guy doesn't really care. And I, if you saw the press conference after the Portland game, he was the one that looked the most pissed off yeah. and dejected. He's and- like, this team kicked our ass twice, you know? And so let's see. I mean, like I said, this is really – this is something new. I mean, you haven't seen this. I mean, obviously you see it from Golden State, but – you got to remember this team, like, and that's the problem with this move. As as good as it looks, is you're not giving this. This might be a thing where, you know, yeah, next there, year they no, look a lot better. No they practice that and they work in, out. Um, that they the can't get this together by the playoffs. Um, that I mean, Butler's been there since the beginning of November. I'm just there, saying, there should I'm be plenty of time to have him acclimated by now. Um, it, it, that that would be an excuse to me, and that would be a coaching deficiency if they're not ready to 
if they're not as good as they could be by playoff time. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, if they go out in the first round, Brown's gone. I don't care about this marriage to Elden Brand. If the Sixers go out in the first round, if they get Boston. Brown, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to go that far because I think they would – they'd find an excuse because they lost to Boston. And um, I think Boston could end up being the team that if they get through the Sixers, that makes it to the NBA finals anyway, but um, they need to, they need to win games and they need to get that third seed because they can't be in a position where they they're playing Boston the first round. They need that, that third seed. And um, though, to be honest with you, they have trouble with Brooklyn it looks like they're going to be the sixth seed. So I'm not sure that's ideal for them. But at the end of the day, there's no – this team is so is put is good enough that they should be able to beat any team in the East. And um, it's all going to come down to uh, playing together and, and pl- like, actually giving a shit. Because uh, sometimes in games it doesn't seem like there's stretches of time where, like, I don't know, it's like they just – they're sloppy and – and they uh, they give the game away at some points, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's frustrating when when there's no. It, it seems like we're in the same position. They make all these moves, and it seems like it's the same stuff over and over again. Uh, and it was the same stuff from before uh, the Clippers trade, and from before the the Butler trade. Um, the team just doesn't seem like at times they look great, but. I mean, when they go up against these top teams, they need to prove it against these top teams. Uh, beating the, the minnows in the NBA is meaningless. You need to beat the good teams, too. And and they failed every time, uh, <laughs> for the most part, especially against the Eastern Conference good teams. And, I mean, other than Golden State in the West, I mean, they haven't, they haven't beat anyone of – I guess they beat Denver, um, but they've gotten – Spanked by Portland, they always get spanked by OKC. Um, so, if they're going to be successful come playoff time, they need to beat the good teams, and that's the bottom line. I, all right, guys. Yep. Thanks for listening. Look for our next podcast to drop next Sunday, unless something major happens this week. Then we'll get an emergency pod out. Keep an eye out on the Pulse Podcast Network for a lot of new podcasts on all major sports and team-specific pods, and follow us on Twitter at 76ERSFO, at 76ersFO. Thanks, and we'll be back again next week. Have a good week, Ryan. See you.